Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Hell hath no fury like an old lady scorned. After a chaotic 12 months, Juventus have had an impressive start to the season. Then came the news yesterday that Paul Pogba had been provisionally suspended after failing an anti-doping test. So what next for Paul Pogba, who has had a difficult year both on and off the pitch? And despite it all, can Juventus bounce back this year? I'm Ayoa Kimolere. Welcome to the Athletic Football Podcast. Piazzo delivers, Rabiot's waiting, and Rabiot scores, Juventus is third, and it's another lovely Bianconeri move. Right, let's get into this. I'm joined by the Athletics Italian football writer, James Horncastle, who's also written about Pogba. I mean, it looks like you haven't had much sleep with the looks of it, James. You all right? <laughs> Yeah, I've had about three coffees uh, this morning. So, yeah, bouncing uh, through the doors into the studio. But, yeah, it's been a hectic 24 hours, you know. I was talking to my editor yesterday morning and it was like, OK, there's not really much going on until Tuesday night when Italy play Ukraine in the Euro qualifier. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes this this news regarding Paul Pogba. Um, so, yeah, it's a big story because uh, certainly when it comes to anti-doping tests... Yeah. Very high-profile name, mm-hmm. um, Pogba. Um, yeah, even looking back at the past with you know sort of Maradona, Pep Guardiola, um, people like that. Yeah, Pogba certainly is is, is one of the most high-profile. Okay, well I tell you what, we want to dig deep into this in just a second, but let's talk about Juventus because we sort of started on that really. The last twelve months have been <laughs> quite interesting for this club. <laughs> 12 months? I mean, the last decade has been really interesting for Juventus and especially around financial issues as well. So let's stick to the last 12 months and maybe you might have to go back a little further just to get some context. But where is Juventus at at this moment in time? Well, Juventus at least know where they're at in the table, which wasn't the case last year because they kept getting points penalties. And this was because um, there were four separate investigations going on into the club's uh, financial affairs. Um, Juventus is a publicly listed company. And so there was an inspection by a securities commission that uh, is like a regulator for the stock market. That kind of got the antennas of prosecutors in Turin uh, going up. And those prosecutors then put the club and a number of executives on the wiretap over a period of uh, a few months during a transfer window. And, you know, they they alleged that a lot of cross-transactions, which I think for our listeners are yeah, swap deals between players, were artificially inflated, um, that the information that uh, Juventus provided to uh, the stock market was was wrong, um, and <laughs> as all of this information was drip-fed to the Italian media, uh, the Italian Football Federation 
this prosecutor uh, launched an investigation uh, himself. Events were initially cleared, and then more information was drip-fed, and the Italian Football Federation's prosecutor brought these points penalties. So first a 15-point penalty, events is appealed, points penalty was taken away, suspended, and then another points penalty came, so 10 points. And it was a big distraction for the coach and the players. They ultimately, because of the points penalty, finished outside the top four. On the pitch, as they would say, they finished third last season. But I think what was good for Juventus was that they were able to draw a line under everything, um, at least in terms of their dealings with the Italian Football Federation's investigation. So no more points penalties. They plea bargained uh, a, a second investigation, which was into what are called salary manoeuvres, which is how they paid players and when they paid players during COVID. And they took a fine, and that was that. So at least now, the team can just focus on the pitch. They've got more or less a, a, a new executive team because I was at the World Cup at the time, and my phone all of a sudden starts going off and off. And it's our news editor, and he said, the entire Juventus board has just resigned. And, you know, that Juventus board was, you could say, arguably the most successful board um, that the club has ever had. So now they've got new president, new chief executive. They've got a new sporting director, Cristiano Giuntoli, who comes from Napoli just after building uh, their first league title winning team in 33 years. So they hope he can lead a rebuild. But, you know, the, the difficulty is that on the back of these investigations, UEFA were conducting one of their own. They were closely monitoring what the Italian Football Federation was doing. And at the end of July, they banned Juventus from European competition for a year. But that means that they've been penalized by about 100 million, which means Juntoli's job for a lot of the summer has been cutting the wage bill. It's been getting players like Angel Di Maria, Leandro Paredes, so World Cup winners off the wage bill. Club legends like Leonardo Bonucci, Juan Cuadrado as well. Mm. And they've only signed one fresh face, I would say, and that's the USMNT international, Tim Weir, mm. whose dad was the one and only African player to win the Ballon d'Or playing for AC Milan mm. uh, in, in the 90s. So... You know, Weyer was the only new face. You know, they did a, they made Arcadius Milik's loan permanent from Marseille so they could have a backup striker. Um, there were a couple of deals that they didn't get over the line, that swap deal between Vlajevic and Lukaku, which I think was the last time the I was on this podcast. The fans did not want that at all. Exactly. <laughs> the fans did not want that. They chanted, we do not want Lukaku, and they chanted Dusan Vlajevic's name. Um, they wanted to sign Domenico Berardi as well from Sassuolo. That didn't happen. So you look at this this squad, and you know, obviously there there, there are some big names who've gone, but it's it's a very similar squad to last year, um, just just pared down uh, a little bit with some of the young players from their under twenty three team in it, 
um, Chiesa back from his injury. Can I just say, watching Chiesa, the little magician, play <laughs> football, honestly, he's like supercharged. Yeah. I love him so much. Like, I genuinely <laughs> love this player. He's so good. And actually, I, I was going to ask you what that rebuild looks like because it, it does feel like Flavich, Chiesa, that sort of front two feels like what looks like it's going to try and push Juventus forward. But that's depending on whether or not they stay fit because yeah. Chiesa typically isn't fit for much. For long. No, he's injured now. Exactly, I told you, I told you. Yeah, he uh, went away on international duty and and promptly went back to Turin because he's Mm. injured. But, I mean, he had a great start to the season. Juventus played against Udinese in Udine and they won 3-0. He scored and they played in a a very exciting way, which wasn't the case last year. Mm. Yeah, the fans were immediately on Massimiliano Allegri's back um, it's always funny this this thing trends all the time in Italy Allegri out it must have been one of the, the biggest trending topics of the last 10 years even though Allegri in his first spell won the league title five years in a row very successfully won, won the double four times and reached Champions League final twice um, so <laughs> you know as much as there's a kind of what have I done for you lately mentality his style of football was not liked and yet in this game against Udinese, they played a very modern style of football, which was, you know, sort of the, the wing backs coming inside, playing in midfield, the team pressed high. And yeah, to to circle back to your question, what does this rebuild look like? The hope was that it would be a, a slightly more attacking team, more modern team. And because they're not in Europe at all, it means they can spend longer on the training ground working on these ideas. Allegri supplemented his coaching staff. He's brought in a former player of his called Francesco Magninelli, who's a midfield player, played at every level of the game in Italy for Sassuolo. A little bit like Ian Ashby for Hull City. That's a deep cut. That for, is a very... So I don't very even think comparison. people who follow me yeah. understand <laughs> understand that. But Magninelli's played under some of the, the, the best coaches. Yeah. Deserbi, Sadi. Uh, recently as well so yeah uh, after that performance against Udinese there was some fetishization of his role it's like wow this is the Manionelli effect rather than the Allegri effect and then the last two games have kind of been a regression towards what we saw last season under Allegri which is effective but not always entertaining football so it's a big year for them I mean some people have drawn parallels with Antonio Conte's first year which Again, they were not in Europe that year. Juventus had finished seventh in back-to-back seasons and they were not in Europe. They could focus on the league and they went undefeated that season. And it was the start of them winning nine league titles in a row. So that is, I think, the fans' hope. But I found it very interesting listening to both Allegri and some of the players since the start of the season because they have said, Champions League's our target, getting back in the top four which having covered Juventus over the last decade, I'll always remember yeah, Andre Agnelli, the president, or Pavel Nedved, the vice president, saying there are no transition years at Juventus. It's about winning the league. And to now hear them say, actually, you know, top four is good enough for us shows that the circumstances of the club have changed a lot in the last year. Yeah, let's talk about managing expectation really for fans in, in that respect. But I guess what's also comforting especially at a time where 
so many leagues are losing players to Saudi Arabia. People like Szczesny, uh, people like Allegri turned down uh, an opportunity to go to Saudi Arabia to stay at Juventus, yeah. to fight for it, to take the old lady back up top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even though I think there are a lot of Juventus fans who were kind of saying, go on, Allegri, take the job, take the Al-Hilal job. We want job. something new. Yeah, which, you know, I, again, I, I rate Allegri. I, I, I actually think there are some managers who, who tend to come in and then go out of fashion. Carlo Ancelotti, for example. Mm. Uh, you know, I, th- I think Carlo, when he was sacked by Napoli and then went to Everton, people thought he was finished. And what happens? He goes to Real Madrid and, and wins the championship. insane manager. Yeah. Don, Don Carlo, now known. <laughs> Don Carlo. Isn't that called Don Carlo? <laughs> yeah. And, and even, even Jose Mourinho. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of people will say he would never have taken the Roma job 10 years ago. He would be calling anything below the Champions League, not worthy of him, but winning the Conference League, massive deal for Roma fans and and that fan base. So I think, you know, Allegri is still someone who can be successful at Juventus. Uh, I mean, the other thing is, and this was one of the legacies of Agnelli as well, Allegri got on very well with Agnelli. They used to be neighbours. Um, and uh, <laughs> and I think they had a relationship that went beyond football and so when Allegri came back he was given a very long contract mm-hmm. and the reality is is that it's too expensive to get rid of him and so they've had to make it work um, and, and and so yeah he's still there he loves he loves that club um, and and yeah he, he wants to you know you could tell I think even though he said the Champions League Getting to top four is the goal. You can tell that, I think privately, him and the players, they want to set things straight. Mm-hmm. They want to put Juventus back on top. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, they've got nothing else to focus on this year apart from the Coppa Italia, so mm-hmm. go for it. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Do you ever get that feeling that you need to get something off your chest? We all carry around different stresses, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to release and discuss those thoughts and feelings and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a licensed therapist. And if things don't click, you can switch to someone new at any time with no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And because you listen to this podcast, you can get 10% off your first month of online therapy by heading to betterhelp.com slash athleticfootball. 
That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash athletic football with no spaces. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Il vantaggio della Juve al diciannovesimo! Finalmente! The football is very beautiful, but it's cruel. People can forget you the next day. You can do something great. The next day you are nobody. Come sapete, una delle notizie del giorno, poi, è la positività di Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba has tested positive for elevated levels of testosterone during a random drug test after Juventus' game with Udinese, a match where he was an unused substitute. Pogba has been provisionally suspended and if found guilty, could face a ban of between two to four years. Well, look, if, if things were, I guess, looking on the up for Juventus, <laughs> There are a few more distractions still to, to deal with. And uh, one of them is Paul Pogba. Um, famously comes back to Juventus, you know, almost like the prodigal son, really. I mean, when he went to Manchester United, he was on the up. He was the man at Juventus. His comeback, and it's fair to say, the last 12 months for him as well haven't been that great. No, they've been really tough. I think when he came back, you have to remember the legacy that Pogba had left. Pogba had you know, joined Juventus in year two of Antonio Conte. So, he, you know, at that time, Juventus's midfield was the one thing about the team that fans thought was the, the strength. You know, over time, people came to realise, actually, you know, having a Buffon, Chiellini, Barzelli and Bonucci mm-hmm. at the back isn't bad either. But, uh, but when, when Pogba came into the side, there was Arturo Vidal, Andrea Pirlo, uh, Claudio Marchisio um, playing in midfield. And it's like, how is this kid, Pogba, mm-hmm. going to get in the team? And he made an instant impact. And it was at a time when yeah, Juventus were coming off not qualifying for the Champions League in those aforementioned back-to-back years of seven-place finishes. And because they signed Pogba on a free transfer, not only did he make them better on the pitch, but when he left, he made them richer. Um, because that was a world record transfer fee for Serie A, $105 million. And that helped Juventus prolong their cycle from you know winning the, the title four years in a row to nine years in a row. Uh, so Paul Pogba played a big part of that. And obviously there was a, a lot of hope that he could put Juventus back on top after a couple of years of them not winning the league title. They gave him the number 10 shirt, which in Juventus law is, you know, I mean, we're talking Platini, Baggio, Baggio Del Piero. Del Piero. So, yeah. Legendary. Yeah, legendary. And yeah, I think even Juventus fans would say he has got the skill, the ability, the talent. Mm-hmm. To, to wear that shirt. And he goes off on preseason to the United States and he tears the meniscus in his right knee. And for whatever reason, he decides not to have surgery. And this turned out to be a waste of time because a month later... Do you think he'd have had the World Cup in mind for that? Absolutely. Like that? Yeah. Absolutely. So World Cup coming up in November, he doesn't want to miss it. And... So he doesn't have surgery. And then after a month, 
he takes a sort of run around the training ground at, at in Turin, and it's like this isn't right, and he succumbs to having surgery, misses the World Cup. I think it's been very interesting following that story because obviously in the background there are stories about Pogba's family. So this alleged extortion attempt which led to the arrest of his brother Matthias and then his subsequent release. And you know Pogba has you know subsequently said that you know ultimately your your body follows your head. And if there's a lot of stress and tension in your life, your body will feel it. There will be repercussions. You just have to remember about what's in the background with Pogba and how much stress and tension that has brought. And no matter what you think about it, there has to be a level of empathy towards him in that situation. I think this is one of the bigger conversations we've had on this podcast around footballers and having a bit of empathy in general is that fancy elite sports people, they forget there's a human behind that. Yeah. And... Like you or me, if there's something going on at home, that would definitely affect your performance at work. We're not all robots where you can just switch off, yeah. especially something that's as physical as football. Yeah. Your mind and body, any athlete, the mind and body have to be in sync to get the best performance. Absolutely. And yeah, you throw in the media scrutiny um, that, that Pogba attracts. Uh, you know, that's not easy to deal with at the best of times. And, and so, you know, when you have issues as serious as the ones that he has faced, um, where, you know, he, he's spoken um, about how, you know, he wishes that he didn't have all this money. He wishes that his life was simpler because, you know, money can corrode, it can divide. Just wants to be around normal people or something along those normal, lines. Normal yeah. people. Mm. And, yeah, I can already see some of our listeners maybe scoffing at that. Yeah. But he is a human being um, at the end of the day. And and yet to hear someone at his age, 30, say that, you know, he considered walking away from football, quitting. Just say, you know, is, I thought he was older than 30. I feel like Paul Pogba's been around for so long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you go back to him joining Manchester United as a teenager. Yes. And, and the fallout from his first spell at United with Sir Alex Ferguson and his late agent Mina Ryla yeah try to think of other cases where you know a player that young has had a story like that blow up around him involving his agent and leaving in in those circumstances but it certainly put Pogba on the map even before he'd gone mainstream with his talent I suppose and and so I mean that's yeah (laughs) we're talking yeah nearly 12 years of of Paul Pogba being a part of our 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 sporting life, if you like, in terms of following this sport. But I also I think whenever we talk Paul Pogba and you know the, the rhetoric across many fans is he hasn't done enough, he hasn't tried enough. I mean, come on, World Cup winner. I mean, domestic cups both at Manchester United and at uh, at Juventus, Europa League winner. Other than the <laughs> Champions League, he's pretty much won everything. He has. And yeah, he was a leader of that French team at the World Cup in Russia. You know, anyone who's seen the, the speech he gives at the final, you, you see his leadership qualities there. And, you know, as I always find it a little bit bizarre. We have yeah, these narratives on social media questioning players' ambition, whether they've fulfilled their potential. 
I always think if you make it as a footballer, you've you've, you've done well. You, you've done well for yourself. Uh, we, we, we did. We did um, so we, we, I was uh, doing some research to a documentary uh, a little while ago, and we were looking at um, footballers cutting into the academy system and how easy it is to make it yeah. out. I think you have a higher percentage of being hit by a meteorite than make yeah. it to be a professional footballer. It's insane yeah. hard to be a professional footballer. Absolutely. I think people lose that perspective all the time that just by being a professional footballer, they've made it. You know, they have done something with their talent. You know, I think Pogba at 30 has achieved a tremendous amount. Um, but we mentioned his age and yeah, this will have a bearing uh, as to uh, on his future as well. This adverse analytical finding that he submitted after a game against Udinese, the first game of the season for Juventus, in which he, yeah, the irony being he didn't even play. He was an unused substitute uh, when when he gave that test. Was this the the doping? This thing? is the this is the the anti doping anti doping yeah control, and uh, yeah the the worst case scenario in this. Um, is it could lead to a four-year ban. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the absolute worst-case scenario. That could see his career finished. For a player who's 31 in March, um, you know, it's, it's, it would be a career-ender. Um, now, we have to await uh, the outcome of his B sample. Um, you know, uh, Paul Pogba's agent, uh, Rafaela Pimenta, um, has said that, you know, until then they can't s- say any more. Mm-hmm. But uh, what they can say is that Paul didn't want to break any rules. Juventus themselves are evaluating what the next steps are. For now, he's, he's provisionally uh, suspended. I think it's it's quite interesting, like looking at a couple of recent cases. Yeah, Acerbi is one that comes to mind, right? Do I imagine that? But did no, that get so, so, so a decade ago, yeah. uh, Francesco Acerbi, Acerbi. Um, who was at Sassuolo at the time, um, he uh, he submitted an adverse analytical finding in a in a doping test, and uh, you know it, he'd just come back from having a uh, a tumor on his testicle removed, and what the test showed was that the testosterone his body was producing uh, was because um, the cancer had come back. Now, Acerbi has been one of the great stories uh, in 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 Serie A over the last decade because. Uh, in case you didn't notice, he was playing in a Champions League final for Inter. Harland marked <laughs> out the game. Yeah. So, so you know, that's one case study. Uh, I think in Acerbi's case, yeah, his body was producing testosterone. I mean, if, if, if you look at the, uh, the statement put out by uh, the Italian anti-doping organization, NADO, it shows that there was a non-endogenous testosterone melatites were being, uh, were being produced. That means they're not being produced uh, by the body. But there's another case in uh, in recent history in Italy, only last year, with an uh, Atalanta centre back called uh, Jose Palomino. He uh, he tested positive for clostebol metabolites in uh, in preseason. He was provisionally suspended, and uh, he was he was later cleared um, because his legal team were able to show that there was uh, an accidental contamination which led um, to to that result. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I think this this is quite interesting. We sh- we shouldn't prejudge uh, Pogba on 
on on this test we should await to see what happens with the B sample and what happens in the in the in the in the hearing to come you spoke about that Al Jazeera interview and you know the French World Cup winner spoke to Al Jazeera prior to being provisionally suspended explaining how he contemplated retirement following an alleged extortion attempt involving his own brother Matthias Pogba though outlined his determination to prove his doubters wrong and reminded people of a player he can be you get all this comment and everything after an example, doing uh, a good career or scoring goals, like winning the World Cup. I mean, people forget. So you have to prove, it's something that you have to prove all the time. And even more when, like you said, with the racing and stuff like that, for me, that's what I feel. I have to show even more. I want to make them eat their words. I won't show them, like, I'm not weak. Like, you can talk bad about me, I will never give up. I will never give up. There's so many players that they lost it mentally. They didn't even want to play football anymore because of all the negative thought and all the negative critics and, and, and all this. Well, look, my, my next question to you was, you know what? Juve are looking good, right? They've started the season very well. Uh, you know, yet... There's another <laughs> issue they have to deal with. We've, we've done Paul Pogba. We've done, you know, the docking of points. An ex-player who's now Union Berlin, uh, Leonardo Benucci, is now taking Juve to court? I mean, that's his, his intention. He's, he's set to do that. I mean, this, this happened on, on Tuesday morning. Um, that uh, it was made clear Benucci wants to take uh, legal action against Juventus. Um, he alleges or his legal team do that, the club was in breach of its uh, collective bargaining agreement that was struck with uh, CDA, the Italian Football Federation, and the Players Association. Um, Juventus deny that. They say that they've always acted in accordance with it and look forward to negotiating the next collective bargaining <laughs> agreement as well. But what is this about? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you know, we talked about Juventus not being in the Champions League mm -hmm. and having to scale back. Yeah. And... Yeah, so they they got some big name players off the wage bill, the likes of Di Maria, Paredes. Bonucci was the club captain, earns a lot of money. He said, I'm going to play one more year and then I'm going to retire. And the club were like, no, you're going to retire <laughs> or you're going to leave. Yeah. And so they said, you're not in our plans. He reports back for preseason anyway, signs some autographs saying, I'm not going anywhere. And... Uh, he wasn't named in the squad for their tour of the US, so he had to stay back in Turin, train on his own. And he was not given a squad number either. And so, you know, Bonucci and his legal team alleged that the conditions in which he was made to train in were inadequate. And this has led to him seek damages because of, they f it feels it's been detrimental to his image. Now, this is a player who was captain of the Italian national team. He's not in the current national team squad. Um, you know, Italy drew North Macedonia um, at the weekend. They've got this big game against Ukraine. Benucci's not in the squad because, frankly, he has not been playing. And so had he had a full preseason, had he been playing, then maybe he would be there representing his country in a big game. But it's, it's still an incredible uh, escalation, uh, if you like, for a player who is so associated with that club, who's captained that club, who's made hundreds of appearances for it, is considered, even though 
he left and went to AC Milan for one season, uh, is considered as Juventino as they come. Like, so he's very much a, a, a face of that club. For him to, uh, to, 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 to take legal action against the club is, is, is quite a drastic step, <laughs> I would say. Um, and we'll have to see uh, what, what comes of it. Um, you know, Bonucci has let it be known that were he to win damages, um, he would uh, he would donate them all to a children's hospital in Turin, the a neurosurgical department which uh, looked after his son Matteo at one stage. But yeah, this this idea that they that the club wanted to move Bonucci out, he was like, I don't want to leave. If I do, it'll be for a Champions League club. So uh, you know, one of the the ideas was that he might go to Lazio, who Juventus played this weekend. Who had an insane result against Napoli. Yeah. Yeah. Away to Napoli yeah. League champions. Like, uh, yeah. they, are, they are Napoli kryptonite, uh, <laughs> Lazio. But instead he went to Union Berlin, yeah. uh, which a lot of people would look at that and, and forget they're in the Champions League. But he's gone there because uh, that's, they can offer him that. Uh, Juventus couldn't offer him that this season. So... It's, uh, it's, it's extraordinary. There, there are some echoes of what was going on with Kylian Mbappe at PSG earlier in the season where you know, it, it didn't look like he was going to be reintegrated in the squad. Um, and it's just, another, it's just another case like that. So it'll be interesting to get, I don't know, the opinion of FIFPRO, you know, the players' union on it, and, 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 and see that. But um, as I said, uh, Juventus feel that they have acted in accordance with this uh, CBA mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, it's never dull at Juventus. This is the thing. They, um, I remember it was my birthday in January, and uh, and I had to like stop my birthday meal because that was the 15 point penalty. I mentioned at the World Cup I was supposed to be covering Brazil. No, Juventus of the borders entirely resigned. And then, then yesterday, uh, oh, nothing going on at Juventus. Oh, what? Guess what? Uh, Pogba. And then this morning, Bonucci. Yeah, so, I mean, nev- never, a dull, never a dull day with the old lady. <laughs> just, a, just a final one. And uh, sort of want to end on this. And you've talked about these so many outgoings at Juventus. And like, counter to that, they've started the league pretty well. And, you know, we've also seen it drop off a cliff edge yeah. in the past as well so you know good starts don't necessarily mean good finishes but you've lost a lot of leaders there mm. who are you know Juventus through and through yeah you've got a core of youngish players coming through and now you've got Danilo who's yeah. the, the the captain who else is a leader there? Because Pogba, we've seen what he can do in the World Cup you know he can be a leader of sorts as well he didn't get the captain's armband but he might not even be playing. Yeah, potentially. Who are the leaders at, at Juventus to really sustain this total push? Yeah, and, and and get that top four that they're looking for. I think it's 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 a great question, Ayo, because like when Juventus were winning the league nine years in a row, they were able to rebuild two, three times over the nine year spell. But the defense was the constant, and uh, if it, if it wasn't. Buffon, it was Chesney, but always in front of Chesney or Buffon, there'd be a Chiellini, a Bonucci, and then whoever took Barzali's place. And and now that defence is completely gone. And you mentioned the strong characters there. You know, Bonucci is a really charismatic figure. Uh, I remember some of the divisive comments <laughs> below an interview I did with him after after Italy won the Euros. Um, could 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 really speak to that. But now they've got this all Brazilian back line, which is very unusual for Juventus. So. Danilo is this very cerebral um, character, great guy. I, I interviewed him in in April, and yeah, just 
you could tell he he can command a room. Alexandro plays next to him. Again, a player I think a lot of Juventus play, fans were saying, time to move him on. He's now the longest standing player at the club, so he's one of the leaders. This is the big surprise. Allegri, you know, okay, Danilo is the captain, but the two vice captains are Alexandro and the other one is Adrian Rabio. Um, French international as and, well. Yeah. And, and, and Rabio is, is, is kind of, he's not taken Pogba's place because they can play together. But, but you know, if you were talking about the French midfield players who play for Juventus, you're automatically thinking Pogba. And instead of Rabiot last year, had his best season in Italy. His contract was up at the end of last season. He decided to stay. Uh, and so they class that as a bit of a new signing at Juventus. I talked about how only Tim Weyer really has, has come in as a new face, but signing Rabiot to an extension was a big deal for them. And, and, and Rabiot has become... I don't think he, he, he strikes me as a particularly charismatic leader, but he kind of leads by example on the pitch by driving the team forward. I think there's probably a desire to maybe take some of the pressure off people like Chiesa, because Chiesa talks like a proper Juventino um, now. And I remember when he first joined, he would, felt a little bit early for him to be doing this, but he would front up in front of the cameras after a defeat mm. and and say not necessarily all the right things, but the things that he would be very honest and uh, but as with Pogba, because of the injuries, because that means that they're often in the treatment room or the gym when the rest of the team is on the training pitch, I think that's why the leaders, that core is at the moment, Danilo Alexandro and Adrian Rabio. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks so much uh, for your time, James. I'd love to watch a game with you. A little <laughs> cappuccino in hand. Let's do it one day. Um, also, I just want to make clear that, you know, all, all what we've spoken about, um, especially around Bonucci, um, our allegations against Juventus and, you know, not, nothing's been proven yet, um, but that case goes on, as, as you've said as well. So, really appreciate your time. And also remember, if you're enjoying the pod, then you can leave us a quick review on Apple and Spotify and don't forget to hit follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode you can also read more from The Athletic and James sign up today for a special limited time of just £1 a month for 12 months at theathletic.com forward slash football pod thanks so much for listening The Athletic